One day, our family was hiking through the woods, and my husband and I were having a great time, just loving the nature, hearing the birds sing, smelling the fresh air. Our six-year-old, on the other hand, was exasperated. She was stumbling over roots and rocks, and after tripping over one big rock, she said, why can't they just bring a bulldozer through here and straighten this all out? Well, we laughed and told her there's actually this funny song about paving paradise and putting up a parking lot. And we said sometimes you just have to enjoy the rocks right where they are. Hi, I'm Laura Booz. Welcome to the Women of the Bible podcast. In this season, my friend Erin Davis is leading us in a study about Deborah. Well, the Bible was written before bulldozers, before it was so easy to just move the rocks. Consider that while I read these couple of verses. Psalm 18, 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. Psalm 18:31. For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? Psalm 71:3. Be to me a rock of refuge, to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. For the psalmist, a rock was unmovable, unshakable. You couldn't move it if you wanted to. And in this case, you wouldn't want to. Well, in this episode of the Women of the Bible podcast, we're going to focus on the power of a word-filled woman. So I want you to tell me about a word-filled woman in your life. I want you to gush about her for a moment. I mean, just tell us what you love about her. Because I want us to paint a picture of what is possible to the women listening if we become word-filled women. Laura, who comes to mind when you think of a word-filled woman? The first one is Nancy Damas Wolgamuth. I mean, she's been my mentor without her knowing for so many years. And mm. and when she speaks, you know, she has the scripture right there in her her tongue and um, encouraging with her words. And another person that is like that, that loves scripture and, and memorizes it and knows it by heart, and you can tell in her prayers, is Patricia, my yeah. friend Patricia. I say my mom. And she's a quiet woman, but I think it's more so in her presence. She's mm-hmm. just steady. She's sure. She knows what God is calling her to do when she's walking in it. And you can tell. Even when she's talking to me, she's giving me advice. I know that mm-hmm. it's coming from God. I know that it's coming from the Word yeah. most of the time. I think of my friend Dree, and she is a Word-filled woman. She knows it. She loves it. She lives it. She could never be accused of being a hearer and not a doer. It's funny. She's got. She's had some back surgery. She's got some hardware back there. But the word is also like a rod of iron in her life. It, it's her spine. It, spine of steel. She's got yeah. a spine of steel. And that spine is the word of God. And, and she'll speak the word of God to me in ways that are often very convicting. She'll be like, Erin, you know that the word says insert thought from the word and it inspires me all right let's catch people up on the story of deborah it's found in the book of judges laura what do we know about deborah we know she's a prophetess she's a wife she's a judge she was raised by the lord in a very difficult time in israel Mm. and we see her ready to um, encourage barak to go and fight sisera Right. And who's Sisera, Stacy? Sisera is the commander of the Canaanite army. Right. That um, doesn't mean anything to some people. So who's no. the Canaanites? They're like, where's Canaan? <laughs> like I don't the Canaanites know. Canaanites are bad, bad. No, <laughs> they are bad, bad. Are bad news bears. Yeah. Um, they've had the Israelites in captivity under oppression for 20 years. Right. And so um, Deborah is talking to Barak and reminding him of what the Lord has commanded him to do in terms of fight the battle, 
lead Israel into um, victory. And, and they do. Right. They go. Mm-hmm. Israel has foot soldiers. Sisera has chariots of iron, which means they're unmatched, except mm-hmm. for Israel has God on their side. Sisera does not. The Canaanites do not. And they annihilate the Canaanite army. And Sisera fled to the tent of Jael, where he was killed with a tent peg to the temple. That part makes for rough bedtime stories. But we want to ask right questions of the text. Laura, as you think about just a couple of chapters in Judges, Judges 4 and 5, what does this story reveal to you about the character of God? Well, he's a faithful God. He is in control of every tale of our lives. He's merciful. Mm. He responds to his children's cries when they come in repentance and cry in desperation. He delivers us. Mm. I think he's clear in the way he speaks to Deborah. She has Mm. no question about what he said to Barack, what he's saying to her. And I think a lot of times we think that God wants us to figure it out and he's trying to keep us lost. But he's like, no. It's secrets. It's riddles. Yeah, Yeah. and it's not. He's clear. He wants us to know um, how to obey him and what he wants us to do. I hadn't thought of it in that way, Mm -hmm. but you're absolutely right. There's another question we need to ask of Scripture, and that is, what does this tell us about the gospel? What are we seeing in this story that points forward to the gospel that Jesus came, that he died, that he was crucified for our sins, that he rose the following day? And this, honestly, it's far removed historically mm-hmm. from that. So is there anything in the story of Deborah, Barak, Jael, Sisera, Israel, Canaan, anything in there that gives you impressions of the gospel story? That we have a deliverer mm-hmm. that delivers us from our enemies. Yeah. We need to come to him in repentance. But he will deliver us. He's there. Yeah. He's there. When we hit he'll that point of desperation. Yeah. And he'll give us peace, like at the end, when they had peace after right. the enemy was destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Defeated. And they couldn't fight the battle on their own. They were outmanned. Right. They were outgunned. And that's us mm-hmm. with sin and death. Yes. Right? It we is his battle. Absolutely. It is his battle. And even that, I know it's not, it's not as literal as I may be taking, but even that death blow... Mm-hmm. to Sisera at the hand of jail reminds me of what Jesus did on the cross mm-hmm. and that death blow yes. to my sin mm-hmm. for my salvation. I, I think yes. the gospel is all yes. over this yeah. story if we have the eyes to look for it. That's right. So I, I, as to women listening, I don't want to say you should never ask application questions of Scripture. Never question, what does this mean in my life? No, Scripture encourages us to be doers and not just hearers. It's not just an intellectual exercise, but want to ask the right questions in the right order. I just heard a teacher say that your do should match your say, and I love that. Like, if you Mm -hmm. say you believe the Bible, there should be some Mm -hmm. application in our lives. So that's what I want to do in this episode. I want to look at Deborah's story for some practical application after we've asked the big questions. What does this tell us about God? Which we could spend forever mm-hmm. mining that because God's character is so rich. How do we see the gospel? We've answered that to some degree. Now, how then shall we live? That's another good question mm-hmm. scripture gives us. So let's go to Judges 4. I'm going to read us Judges 4, chapter 6. I know we've read it in multiple episodes, but we're going to go back to it one more time as we're looking for application for our lives. Judges 4, 6. She, the she there is Deborah. She sent and summoned Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh Naphtali and said to him, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you, Go, gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun. Here's my question. How did Deborah know what to say to Barak? 
I think she was listening to the Lord. Mm -hmm. She was in communion with God. God was talking to her. She was his prophet, and she was in communication with him. Mm, yeah. I think it's even something to, well, when we are told that she sits under a palm tree, there's something to be said about her being calm, her being in nature, her being mm. quiet before the Lord. So I think we definitely know if she quieted her heart, she sat there and she heard from the Lord. She didn't probably didn't have a ton of distractions in her life. She probably had some because she that's sure didn't how have an is. iPhone. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, so she was there connected with God, hearing what mm -hmm. he was saying. I never thought of that before, Stacy. but you're mm -hmm. spot on. Romans 1 tells us that the invisible nature of God mm -hmm. is visible in what he's made. So right. Just by nature of sitting under the tree and trying to discern from God's character, it gives her some advantage to hear from him. I have to turn to my biblical imagination here. This isn't in the text, but my assumption is that this was not the first time Deborah heard mm -hmm. from the Lord. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not an assumption because we know she was a prophetess, mm -hmm. but still she's given a big assignment here. Mm -hmm. Hey, go find Barak and tell him that he needs to take on a massive enemy army. And so I'm guessing she probably had some training wheels in talking to the Lord before that. So it's important for us to say that Deborah lived in a different part of the redemptive timeline than we do. It was before Pentecost. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. It was before she had the Word of God in the same format we did, but she did hear from God. I'm going to ask both of you a question that I get pretty often. How do you hear from God? You hear from Him in His Word. Of course, that's the first mm -hmm. thing. But He speaks to us through people, through circumstances, mm -hmm. um, in church, when you go and hear a message, through just reading books that talk and speak about him and about his will, mostly through the Bible. And yeah. his spirit is in us. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think I've even felt that just being here to um, just discuss this with you guys, mm -hmm. just so many things. I've had decisions that I'm thinking through, and, like, I've had five conversations since I've been here that are, like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, thank mm -hmm. you, God. Yes. So he uses um, his people. He uses yes. people in general sometimes mm -hmm. that don't even belong yeah. to him. So. I think we just need to be paying attention. Yes. Because sometimes we're listening to our own voice yes. and not his voice. And like you were saying, even people can just say something in the, at the right time, and if we're listening— we can figure out that he's talking to us. I have some college-age women in my life, and they'll say, I don't hear from the Lord like you do. And I think they're expecting a voice. Mm -hmm. And they can if they will just open their Bibles. And that is how I hear from the Lord. He's already spoken. It's not something outside of that. And I think that is so important for us to understand. What does it take to be a woman who hears from God? It takes that we be women who open our Bibles. So I, I want, think, go ahead. I think it calls for a clear frequency too. I think about mm. it like a Wi-Fi connection a little mm -hmm. bit. You have to position yourself and make sure you're in the place to hear from God because God mm -hmm. is always downloading mm -hmm. things. But are you in a place that you can hear mm -hmm. it and receive it? What interrupts so, the frequency? Sin is yeah. yes. huge, huge, huge. Right. Yes. It, it really is. I love that word that you said, downloading, because yeah. the other day I was talking to my husband. And I said, the Lord is just showing me so many things in his word that it's like a download I need to process. I need to write it down. <laughs> All this computer language, download, <laughs> processor. Like, God's yeah. like, that was my idea. That's yeah. how I work. Well, if we really take Deborah's story down to the brass tacks, what she did was she spoke the commands and the promises of God. That mm -hmm. That's what she did. There's nothing more mystical about what she did than that. She spoke mm -hmm. the commands and promises of God. If you look at the verse again, and man, it's just so, it's such a deep well. Every time you 
drop down your bucket, you pull something up. But she says, has not the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's reminding him, Mm -hmm. not have not I, I have not the people, but has not the Lord commanded you? How would we say that in modern language? That that feels clunky. Didn't God tell you? That's right. right. (laughs) Didn't God tell you? That's right. Yeah. She was sure that God had Mm -hmm. stopped. That's right. I think it's something, too them telling us, the Bible telling us that she was a prophetess because Mm -hmm. in order to be a prophet, what you say has to have come true. So I think she had heard from God in the past. And yeah. the fact that it was labeling her as this, she she proved herself as she that knew. in the past. It know. was tested and tried. I want us to read verse 7. I'll get it. Chapter 4, verse 7. And I, remember the eyes God, mm-hmm. I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the river, Kishon, with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him to your hand. Mm-hmm. So what's the command here? There's a command and a promise. The command is go. And the promise is He's going to give them up to you. I'm going to give him yeah. to you. That's really what Deborah is speaking. She's speaking the commands of God and the promises of God. What happens? Stacy? will you read us Judges 4, 10 through 16? Yes. Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. 10,000 men followed him, and Deborah also went with him. Now Heber, the Kenite, had moved away from the Kenites, the sons of Hobab, Moses' father-in-law, and pitched his tent beside the oak tree of Zenanim, which was near Kadesh. It was reported Sisera that Barak, son of Ebenoam, had gone up Mount Tabor. Sisera summoned all his 900 iron chariots and all the troops who were with him from Herosheth of the nations to the Wadi Kishan. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go. This is the day the Lord has handed Sisera over to you. Hasn't the Lord gone before you? So Barak came down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. I want to focus on verse 14. Who does Deborah focus on as she's talking to Barak? She says, And Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day which the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Does not the Lord go out before you? Whose name is on Deborah's lips as she's talking? The Lord. The Lord. And your translation said, go. My translation says, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that. In the name of the Lord, up. Mm-hmm. In the name of the Lord, go. For the Lord God is with us. And that is essentially what she says to Barak. I wonder if you've had a moment like that when somebody used God's commands or God's promises to essentially say to you, up, go. It's time to move. Stacy, you had one of those? Yeah, I think definitely. I know I always talk about calling. That's been the huge thing for me just the past, like, five years. Just God, I begged and begged and begged. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And then he told me, and I'm like, ah, and then I clam up. <laughs> so I think definitely people just being like, commit. He's shown you what you wanted. So now commit to it and walk obediently in what he's calling you to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think get up, go, do what he said. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I'm always wanting to quit my calling. Mm-hmm. Always. Every day. Really? Every day. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. And that could be a million callings. It could be right now it's caring for a loved one who's got an illness that is just difficult. And I just want to fold like a chair. Just I don't want to do it. And my husband is the one that it's like, up, go. The Lord has put this into our hands. Up, go. Poor man has to say it to me probably a hundred times a day, but man, am I grateful. So I'm a little older than you, and I still wrestle with the things the Lord has called me to do. And I'm grateful for people who say, up, go, in the name of the Lord. You need it. Yeah. Anybody say those kinds of things to you, Laura? Yeah, to me, it's a little bit like you, Erin. When I started um, with this ministry, I started full of passion, and I still am. But there are days when I say, 
when should I keep going? Mm. And then I'm reminded, persevere, keep going, keep going, keep going. So, yeah, I need that reminder every single day. And you know what's not a helpful Because we tend reminder? to accommodate. We do. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, what's not helpful in that situation is for someone to say either, yeah, you're right, mm-hmm. it's probably time for you to retire, mm-hmm. or for someone to say, you have it in you. You can do this. Right. Well, no, I can't. No. That's mm-hmm. not going to get me past the next 45 minutes. Yeah. So for someone to remember, don't you remember yeah. who the Lord is? Don't yeah. you remember what the Lord has done in your life? Don't you remember what assignments the Lord has commissioned you with? Yeah. That is really That's the rhythm so, of it. That is so yes. powerful. Because many times you want to throw in the towel. Yeah. yeah. And then something happens. It's either the word, the the Lord through his word, or somebody else telling you, you know, this is what the Lord did, or this Mm -hmm. is what this ministry has done. And you're like, oh, my goodness, I I have to keep going. You know, Mm -hmm. the Lord just encouraging you. Yeah, so true. Yeah. You know, if we look at this in context, we see that Barack was not Deborah's puppet. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he was just waiting for Deborah to give him the order, mm-hmm. and then he went into war. She was there supporting him. She yeah. was saying, be of good courage, have mm-hmm. faith in God, be strong in him. Yeah. And I think that, that the Lord had spoken to Barack, and mm-hmm. he knew it. Right. Because yeah. she's asking, has not the Lord spoken to you? So, right. But he was just... Afraid, And that's why it's important for us as believers to tell our Christian brothers, our Christian sisters, what God is telling us and to encourage Mm -hmm. them. Because he's already said it, but sometimes you do need that that outside voice that's like, remember, don't forget, don't get get lax, do what God has called you to. Or remember that he's there, that he's with you, that you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. I don't think of myself as an encourager at all. I wouldn't consider mm-hmm. that one of my gifts. And I was in a women's Bible study, and we were talking about having the kind of friend who would be like, yeah. I'll go in the name of the Lord. And all of the women in that group said, Aaron, you're that mm. for us. And I was like, I am? I don't <laughs> think of myself that way at yeah. all. But it is a great delight to encourage your sisters mm-hmm. and your brothers in the Lord of who he is and mm-hmm. what he has done for them. I don't know that you have to have the gift of encouragement no. necessarily. I don't even know what that means. And sometimes it's not going to be fun. I always think of, I think it's a verse in Proverbs. It's like wounds of a friend can be trusted. So sometimes mm-hmm. you got to say hard things, but they know you love them because you're saying the hard thing. Yeah. So. There's a person in our staff, she's 60, mm-hmm. and they are um, empty nesters ready to retire, as you would say, due to their age. Sure. Well, they felt from the Lord that they had another mountain like Caleb, mm-hmm. and they just moved to Spain to do some urban mission. And everybody would think, why would you want to do that at that age and not just retire and stay comfortable and stay in your country? And a week ago, they left everything. They just went with five bags because they felt the Lord say, go. Mm. And it's so encouraging to see that because when others are just staying behind and now it's time to retire, they say, no, this is not time to retire. I bet many sisters, and you were probably among them in the midst of that process, reminded them, no, no. Mm-hmm. Up goes. Yes. Has not the Lord commanded you? Yes. Oh, so often the things God calls us to do very rarely make sense to the world. Mm-hmm. And so just the fact that everybody's like, it makes no sense. It kind of mm-hmm. makes you be like, oh, it is even more. So yes. like right. for them to go on foot against yes. Iron Cherry. Yes. Yes. Like, what are you doing? Sense. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Sometimes he calls us to do things that don't make sense. Yeah. Right. Often. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it. Well, Deborah was reminding Barack that God was with him in the battle. And I want to talk about men in our lives for a minute. Let's let Barack epitomize them for a minute. They they are fighting tough battles. Mm-hmm. I am a wife of one man and a mother of four sons. And it is tough to be men of God in this culture. And Deborah pointed Barack back to the truth of God in such mm-hmm. a distinctly feminine way. 
Laura, I want to know how you encourage your husband uh, to be who God calls him to be, Mm -hmm. to do what God calls him to do. And how do you do that in uniquely feminine ways? Well, sometimes we are tempted as women to pick on their flaws. And I've been there, Mm. (laughs) believe me. And I have to keep reminding myself, you know, look at what he's doing, how the Lord is using him. And that's what I've been doing, uh, especially lately. The Lord uses uses him a lot with other men and encouraging others and counseling. And I have to tell him all the time, you know, you're a servant of the Lord. The Lord Mm. is using you and that is great. And just keep going because sometimes they can be not so sure of what the Lord is doing through them. And just they have to be reminded so I try to do that all the time. Affirm what he's doing well, I've and how the Lord seen is using him. On my husband's face, I can put the weight of the world on his mm-hmm. back, or take off the weight of the world on mm-hmm. his back with a sentence yes. or less. Mm-hmm. Sometimes with a word. Uh, there's real power. We can destroy, or we can edify our home. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's amazing the influence we have with our words. Yeah. And I think culture tells us I'm not married. Not I was just, just going to say, your but, husband is, is <laughs> like, out there. <laughs> no, yeah, I know, right? But um, just as far as my brother and my dad, I think culture tells us that men don't need to hear those things. They're mm. tough. They got it. But it's something too encouraging them as yeah. a brother, as a sister in Christ. And even them. in your workplace, you work yeah. with men. I mean, There's opportunities mm-hmm. to be an mm-hmm. encourager in ways that are soft but yes. powerful. You know, when I can't encourage the men in my home is when I haven't been reading my Bible. I just mm-hmm. can't. I get so weak so mm-hmm. fast. If I mm-hmm. decide, oh, I'm so tired, I'm not going to read my Bible today, within 24 hours, certainly mm-hmm. if I let it go on beyond that, I don't have anything to do. Yeah. I don't have anything to give, any ways to encourage the men in my home. And that's why being a word-filled woman is so important. Mm-hmm. Let's take it back to Deborah. Imagine her going to the fight. She's going to the battle. A war, do you think she felt afraid? I think she probably did. And if she did, what is it that gave her the courage to go ahead and go to the fight? What do you think, Laura? I guess that the Lord was going with her Mm. and with them. And he had said, I'm here. I'm going to defeat this enemy, so trust me. So I think that's what she was encouraged by his promises. Yeah, she knew God was with her. What do you think gave her courage? I think definitely that anytime you're abiding in God, you're spending time with him, Mm -hmm. you have a sense of security and Mm. peace that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. So you do get scared. And I think that makes you lean on him even more and Mm -hmm. trust him more. I I think she was strengthened by the word of God. I know she didn't have the Bible in the way that we have the Bible, but she did have God's law. Mm -hmm. The Ten Commandments had already been given to God's people at this point. Mm -hmm. The laws given for living in the book of Mm -hmm. Leviticus had been given. So it's not like she had no concept of the law. Um, And so she had been a judge with the assignment Mm -hmm. to do justice according Mm -hmm. to God's law. So I'm assuming she had some sense of the code of law in order Mm -hmm. to do that because she was a judge. So she was a woman uh, strengthened by the word. And I have been a woman strengthened by the word. I can think of a brutal time in my life where everything that could go wrong did. And the Bible became, as it describes itself, Mm -hmm. it became food to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have the strength to face this if I don't eat this. Mm -hmm. And I think Deborah models that for us. And she had faith in that word. She did. She believed it. She knew it was true. Yeah. Because when she says, does not the Lord go out before you? She was sure. There was no doubt. Yeah. She knew it was true. She believed it. Yeah. Because sometimes we read the word 
but we don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't believe God. Mm-hmm. She believed God. She did. You can tell she did. Mm-hmm. So I think being women of the word can make us encouragers to men. Mm-hmm. I think it can make us encouragers to culture. We Our culture, we see that in Deborah. But I think it can also make us encouragers to each other. And Laura, you're the one that pointed this out to me. I didn't see it in the text until you pointed it out to me. But tell us about the three women. Well, we see Deborah, of course, which we have been talking about. We see Jael, which we talked about. And then we see Sisera's mother. We see her in Judges 5.28. The word says 5.28. Out of the window she peered, the mother of Sisera wailed through the lattice. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the hoofbeats of his chariots? Her wisest princesses answer, indeed, she answers herself. Have they not found and divided the spoil? A womb or two for every man, spoil of dyed materials for Sisera. So she was looking out the window, expecting to see Sisera coming back with spoils. Mm. Disregarding that Sisera was fighting the Lord of the universe, the Lord of hosts. (laughs) And she was expecting to see her son coming back, having won this war with spoils, disregarding who he was fighting with. Right. So we see Deborah, who we're claiming is a woman of the word. I think Mm -hmm. we see evidence of that. We have Jael. I'm not sure we can make as strong of a claim, but she's heard the stories of God's people, and she responds Mm -hmm. in favor of God's people. And then we have Sisera's mom, who's just, she has a totally distorted picture of what's going to happen. She's Mm -hmm. totally out of touch. (laughs) Unaware. Unaware, out of touch with reality. And, you know, I think which woman do we want to be? Mm-hmm. Deborah, in being a woman of the words, set JL up to play a part in God's story. I and that's we, who I want to be. Right. We want to be faithful. Because mm-hmm. Deborah was faithful to the calling and JL was faithful to the calling. So, yeah. Yeah. So true. I think there's something in all of us that wants to influence others. Isn't that all that that means? And because Deborah had confidence in God's word, she encouraged others. She was an influencer in her day. And people look to her for answers. And there's this verse in James that talks about the word as being implanted in us, Mm -hmm. like it becomes a part of us. And as we consider being women of influence, how do we get God's word more deeply implanted? Because I talk to so many women, they know God's word is true. Mm-hmm. They know it could change their life, and they are struggling to just read the thing. Mm-hmm. So how do we get the Word of God implanted in us so that yes. we can be influencers? I think we need to make it a habit mm-hmm. to abide in the Word every day. Yeah, We cannot just read it when we're having a circumstance that we're going through or we're looking for some promise in the Word. No, we have to be in it every single day, having that truth washing over us keeping it in our hearts. It's like a savings bank account where you mm-hmm. put money every time so when you need it, you have it. Yeah. So it's just the same with the Word. Yeah, it's that simple and that hard. Because mm-hmm. it's a habit, you mm-hmm. know. But once you have it, you cannot, it, you just can't live without it. Yeah. It's like the air you breathe. That's I like true. to think of it as like two men. Like the flesh is a man, the spirit. And the more you feed it, the stronger exactly. it gets, the more mm-hmm. it wins, you know. Mm-hmm. So coming back every single day, planning that every single day is yeah. going to bring you back every single day. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. just, you have to kickstart it though. Pray to the Lord to help you kickstart mm-hmm. it. And then it goes. So. That's your marching orders. I'm not sending you into Canaanite armies, but today I am sending you uh, to become a woman of the word. Cause you do want to have influence, whether you admit it or not, we all do. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that is to be a word filled woman. Mm-hmm. 
it's so important because there are so many lies out there in the culture trying to get into our minds that we really need to be in the truth. Mm. Definitely. I always think about our key verse at um, True Girl is John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. And it just says, Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. So his word is what does that. Amen. Here at Revive Our Hearts, we want to help you become more of a word-filled woman. That's why we launched a series of Bible study booklets called Women of the Bible. The latest is called Deborah, Becoming a Woman of Valor, and it was written by our friend Aaron Davis. Now, listening to this podcast or watching the video is great, but when you dig into the Bible and grapple with the story of Deborah for yourself, you'll get so much more out of it. And that's what this study will help you do. To get a copy of Deborah, Becoming a Woman of Valor, visit reviveourhearts.com slash womenofthebible. Next time on the Women of the Bible podcast, we'll see how the story of Deborah calls us to display the beauty of the gospel in uniquely feminine ways. I'm Laura Booz, inviting you back to the next episode of Women of the Bible. Women of the Bible is a production of Revive Our Hearts, calling women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ.